Welcome to The Edit, a curated conversation navigating faith, politics, and pop culture with your hosts, Megan and Lara Beth. In this episode, we go behind the scenes with young Republican, businessman, and Greenville native Congressman William Timmons. We discuss the unique challenges facing our elected leaders in Congress and the sometimes surprising facts about what it's really like serving as District 4's representative in D.C. We asked William, what does a typical day look like and is it anything like what we would see on some of our favorite political dramas? Curious? You'll have to listen and find out. With that said, let's get to the edit. Well, hello and welcome back to The Edit. We are honored to be joined today by a very special guest, Congressman William Timmons. William represents District 4, which is the Greenville-Spartanburg area here in South Carolina, and he represents us at the United States House of Representatives. He's an attorney, businessman, and former South Carolina State Senator, but he's also a young Republican, so we're representing millennials here today. William, thank you for joining us. Hey, great to be with y'all. Thank you for having me on. We do have some questions that you might get asked a lot, but our audience might not know the answers to as well as a few questions, hopefully, that you don't get asked a lot, but you wish you probably did. I don't know. So to kick things off, what motivated you to run for office in the first place? Why, why jump into politics? Well, so I graduated from law school in 2010, and I started uh, as a prosecutor at the 13th Circuit Solicitor's Office. And um, that's part of the, my experience there is part of the reason I decided to run. Uh, the criminal justice system in South Carolina is very archaic and it was in need of uh, a fresh approach. And so I thought that I could uh, run and try to make a difference in Columbia. So that's part of the reason. The other part of the reason is my experience as a small business owner. I uh, started a Swamp Rabbit CrossFit uh, 10 years ago and um, I also own Soul Yoga, a yoga studio in, in downtown Greenville, and I own the development there. And uh, my time as a small business owner and as a, a, a small developer was just incredibly frustrating. I can't tell you how often the, the government was just in my way, whether it was taxes or regulations. I was just constantly spending my time dealing with it, and I wasn't able to spend the time that I needed to on my businesses. And I honestly almost went out of business a number of times, and luckily I survived, but a lot of people don't. And I, I got stories for days of, of just ri ri ridiculous things that I dealt with, and uh, I imagine a lot of people wouldn't be able to overcome them, and so I wanted to try to help make a difference. That's so cool. So, and then that just led to, you start, and you started with the South Carolina Senate, is that correct? That's right. I ran uh, six years ago, and um, I was successful, and I served two years there, and I love the state Senate. It's actually a lot of fun. Everybody's nice to each other, and um, you know, there's there's mutual respect, and it's it's bizarre because most of the time you think that the the issues are going to be Republican Democrat, but in Columbia and in the state Senate, particularly, it's really more rural versus urban, and it's just different needs for different um, sectors of our society, and uh, those are the the battle the battle lines that were often drawn. Oh, that's really interesting, and that's definitely. It sounds like very different from where you are now, where where, where things are very um, heated and seem to be constantly just Republican versus Democrat. So what is something that is not typically highlighted, you feel like, in the news or just on your constituents' radars? Because I feel like what people normally hear and are drawn to is 
you know, the big ticket things or, you know, just like whatever the Biden or the Democrats are pushing today, Republic, the, the headline is just the two parties against each other. So what are some maybe more boots on the ground issues or I don't know, things that aren't commonly in the headlines, but are important or that constituents should be more aware of? Sure. Well, let me first back up. You know, I said that Columbia is really more rural versus urban. Um, and, and that's kind of still the case in Congress. But if you look at the map, obviously, we've all seen the presidential uh, map county by county. You know, it's a sea of red with, you know, the pockets of blue. So the difference is in Columbia, we still have some rural Democrat areas. And, you know, so it, that was the surprising part in Columbia. But I really think the exact same um, it, it's the same in Washington, maybe even more so, because uh, the, the urban areas, they expect different things from their government. Rural areas expect different things from their government. And I like to use, you know, Northern Greenville County as a great example. If you live in Northern Greenville County, you literally probably get virtually no government services. Um, some, some of them don't even have sewer or water. So, you know, you don't, you don't rely on the government for anything. Now, you go into Greenville City, Spartanburg City, and the, the government provides so much for people. So it's, it's a different mindset about the role of the government. Uh, so anyways, uh, what is Congress doing that people are not aware of that they should be aware of? So I'm very fortunate. I am the Republican leader on the Select Committee for the Modernization of Congress. And it's our task to make Congress more efficient, effective, and transparent for the American people. And really, uh, just to make Congress less dysfunctional. Um, obviously, everyone sees the the partisan bickering and not a lot is even uh, we're not having policy-based discussions about how to fix our big big challenges whether that's immigration healthcare, debt so we got to find a way to really facilitate those conversations because i, I don't think that anybody believes we're going to have a republican or a democrat solution to these big challenges we're going to have to work together and so the select committee for the modernization of congress is trying to get Congress to be uh, less dysfunctional and, and deliver better results for the American people. Yeah, you mentioned, William, that in the state Senate, everyone was very respectful of one another and that um, didn't matter what party it was. Um, do you find that at all in Congress or is it different? So the beauty of the state Senate, there's 46 senators and generally speaking, when we're on the floor, everybody's there. You have your own desk, you're sitting down. Uh, so, you know, you're forced to talk to each other, to be around each other. And, you know, in any given year, you probably spend, I don't know, 100 hours on the floor. So you're always there. And if someone says something mean, uh, you're all in the room. And so not only, not only do you have to say it knowing that the person that you're talking about is in the room, but you, you also have to have everybody look at you and you can see people's reaction on both sides of the aisle. So if you say something that's particularly egregious and mean, you're going to get looks from both Democrats and Republicans and be like, hey, that's not very nice. Like, you know, I get your point, but don't be mean. So um, alternatively, Washington, D.C., we have 435 members of the U.S. House, and we are rarely together, even worse than the last year and a half during COVID. But, you know, before that, um, we didn't really have any debate uh, because, the you know, we're only on the floor in, in 2019, we were only on the floor when we were voting, and rarely were people speaking. So, you know, we lose that 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 dialogue, and then you have the committee structure, which is terrible. Um, you know, generally speaking, people run in to ask their five minutes of questions, which is really 
more in line with trying to get a good clip for you know social media or say <laughs> something that's so outrageous that, politics. yeah so you know there's just there's no exchange of ideas there's no not only is there no exchange of ideas and that's bad there's no defense of your ideas so in the state senate you actually had to defend your ideas because generally speaking if a senator stood up and said you know the senator will you yield uh, 99 times out of 100 the answer was yes and you would yield for a question and then you would have to answer that question and by the way everybody's going to hear your answer so you you have to like literally defend your ideas amongst your colleagues there is no there is zero defense of your policy positions your ideas in this congress and that's a problem that, that and that's not a partisan problem that's that's a that's a problem on both sides right Oh, yeah. That gives us a really good look behind the scenes. I think it's easy to think we think we know what happens um, and we compare it to what we do know. So that's really actually very helpful and kind of enlightening. Um, and I'm sure COVID plays a part into that. Um, shifting gears just a little, wanted to bring up the um, recent case that SCOTUS agreed to take up with the Mississippi abortion ban at 15 weeks. Wanted to get your thoughts on that because it sounds like the decision on that case is going to come around midterm elections. So I'm sure it's going to be a hot talking point since, you know, constituents are really interested in, in that all around the country. Sure. You know, it's 2021 and Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. Um, a lot has changed in science. A lot has changed in technology. And I think that it is long overdue for um, Roe v. Wade to be put to the, the, the modern day test. And I am looking forward to that. I'm sure it's going to be very passionate on both sides. And uh, I mean, I, I think that everyone will agree the outcome will be good for life, but the question is how good and to what degree? And so we'll be watching that. And I'm just very, very fortunate that we have a Supreme Court that is not policy driven. They're, they're constitutionally driven. So that's first time in my life we've got that so I'm, I'm excited about it that's very hopeful too and i think that's what megan and i are hoping for just kind of kind of chipping away at what might be considered current precedent um turning in a different direction because megan and i are really curious we both watch political tv dramas madam secretary west wing a bunch of others um what dc congress like really i know you kind of gave us a little bit behind the scenes and of course covid changed it a little bit are there any shows that are more accurate? Are they completely inaccurate? Um, what would you say to that? You know, <laughs> this is the tea. <laughs> I I watch a good bit of television, um, but I don't know if there's a show that I would point to that is actually a fairly good depiction. I, I think most people most people think that this is some really kind of cool grand experience and you know being a member of congress is just kind of awesome it's actually pretty terrible um you know i i i slept in a hotel in 2009 well i am i have ambassador elite status with bonvoy which um you hopefully don't know anyone else that has and the reason i have it is because i slept in a hotel 140 nights um, in, in a year. And so like, you know, I, I'm constantly in, in, in my suitcase. Um, I've got toiletries down to a T like I, I'd switch them in and out. I've got a pretty good system cause I'm kind of OCD, but it's, it's awful. I mean, there was a stretch where I didn't sleep in my bed for over a month 
And, you know, when you're always waking up and you're like, where am I? And you're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Florida. Oh, I'm in D.C. Oh, I'm in, you know, Utah. Like, I don't know where I am. So it's, it's, it really does a, 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 a number on you. And the other thing is just health, health and fitness. It's just it, it really is a difficult work-life balance and work-life health balance. So, you know, it, if there's some really bad show out there where all the characters are just kind of on a steep decline to misery, that's probably it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I, so let me, let, me, let, me, no. let me finish with a positive. I, I do think that it is extremely important because right now I think your con- country's on a, on a, a, a fast decline. A, 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 we are not moving in the right direction. So, you know, if I can stand in the breach and try to push us in the right direction, I think it's my obligation and my privilege and my honor to do that. So, I mean, while, while it is not a very fun job, uh, most of the time, it is a very important job. So it is, it is 100% worth doing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. I think so many times we often glamorize government politics in our head, but I think that's, that's really interesting. Well, and it really is, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be like a servant of the people. Mm-hmm. Like it really is representing, representing people's um, inter- best interests, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, in uh, in our government. So how would you explain to somebody who has opposing views, and I'm sure this is common in Congress, I don't know if you get the opportunity to have those kinds of discussions with people, but somebody who is, maybe even somebody here locally in Greenville, and they have opposing views, they're not a Republican, they're a Democrat, maybe young person, how would you explain why you choose to be Republican, why you choose to be politically conservative in today's you know modern world, where people are often very swayed, especially young people, um, by the left's narrative, what, how would you explain? I choose to be conservative because of this. So it's all about your view of the role of government and and, and what you think the role of government is. So I mean, I, I, my view of government is to do the least amount possible. Uh, and you know, there's the federal, the state, local level, and drive as much as you can as close to the people as possible. And I mean, you know, I want the federal government to protect us from China and Russia, um, but and pave some roads and, you know, do really the least amount possible. But there's a lot of Democrats that think that the federal government is the greatest force for good in the history of mankind and needs to tell people what to do that are too stupid to figure it out themselves. Uh, big, Big government is the biggest problem we have in our society, I believe. But there's a lot of people in Congress that think that the government should literally dictate everything. So, you know, it's all about your, your, your view of the role of government. And it, every policy issue has two sides of it. And most of the time, um, both sides are fairly reasonable. But then you get to the fringe, the, the, the fringe 10% on both sides of any policy argument. And Honestly, they just don't add up. And a lot of it's just kind of bomb throwing to, to get a headline. And that's on both sides of the aisle. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I just I would encourage anyone listening that is questioning the, the, the direction they want this country to go. Just look at the policies that each side are espousing on the different issues. Um, I, I try to be very pragmatic in my approach to the issues. And, you know, we got $30 trillion worth of debt. We're probably going to have 35 or 40 in the next decade. Um, if, if we don't get our country back in line financially, we're not going to have a country. We're just not going to have one. So, you know, 
the Democrats have proposed spending $120 trillion in the next decade. Um, that, that's just not possible. So, you know, that's not a real policy solution. So, you know, what's the alternative? And then let's have that conversation. But, you know, I, I, I just think that we need to be good stewards of, of what has been given to us by the previous generation. And um, it's just, we're not, we're not good stewards right now. We're just not. Um, I was going to say, as we're wrapping, kind of wrapping things up, and we've hit on some different things, my last question was going to be about um, hobbies and interests that you have outside of politics. Although now I'm hearing this and thinking, I don't think William does anything <laughs> else except for... Oh, my gosh. So Defend, uh, the, defend our, us right. in Congress. That's about it. <laughs> the last year and a half has probably been one of the most challenging year and a half of my life. So not in addition to the pandemic... And, and just really, our team has been in overdrive to help uh, all the people of the 4th Congressional District with constituent services related to the PPP program or, uh, you know, health care benefits or unemployment benefits, just whatever it is. The pandemic put a lot of people into a reliant position on government. And if the government's going to shut your business down, the government needs to help make you whole. And it's my job to be your advocate. So I spent a lot of time on that. I got a master's in cybersecurity. Um, I graduated last week, and that was a bad idea. I mean, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It was it, wow. was, it was great, but um, it, it I probably wrote two hundred plus pages of papers and spent you know probably a thousand hours in the last year on it, and that was overwhelming. I also am in the South Carolina Air National Guard, and I was well in the last eighteen months. I've been on orders for four of them, uh, three and a half of them. So, you know, spending four months in uniform uh, has also been very challenging. And I got married and, you know, wow. that's just, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy two, two and a half years. So um, I'm trying to kind of take things off my plate and, and, and focus on some core things. Um, I'm definitely not going to get another graduate degree anytime soon. I'm, 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 yeah, yikes. But, uh, <laughs> but what a time to get a degree in cybersecurity. Oh, I, I mean, honestly. I was making all these jokes at our graduation. I was like, hey, guys, you remember all that money we just spent on this degree? And I was like, seems a little more valuable in the middle of the biggest cybersecurity attack in the history of our country. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a great spot for me to spend time and focus on, and I think it's going to be increasingly important. Mm. Uh, but, you know, normally I would play golf and tennis and um, – I would exercise more. Uh, I used to exercise five days a week, twice a day, and now I'm doing great if I can exercise five times in a month, so that's good. But uh, yeah. I'm sure Swamp oh, Rabbit no. CrossFit misses Well, we you. are thankful for what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, don't forget to follow us for more content, um, to get involved in the discussion, and share on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And please subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. William, where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, we are Rep Timmons and Vote Timmons, depending on uh, campaign versus uh, gotcha. official. And they're welcome to follow us on both. Uh, you know, we're working hard, and we are just very – privilege to be up here fighting the good fight and helping our constituents uh, get whatever they deserve from the federal government. So um, please reach out if we can ever do anything. But thank you all for having me on. This was fun. We'll do this again. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, William. Yes. Thank you. See ya.